Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Hey, hey! It is good to be at Stevens Creek today. Are you glad to be at Stevens Creek today? That's terrible. Are you glad to be at Stevens Creek Church today? Come on, somebody. Oh, man, it is good to be here at Stevens Creek. It's good to be, uh, it's my home church. It's good to be here today with you guys. Uh, my family and I, we have enjoyed uh, being here uh, for, for Christmas and, and for the holidays, visiting just, you know, with, with you and, and with friends and, and with family. And, and we're coming all the way from Gateway City Church in Thornton, Colorado, which, as Wes said, is just north of, of Denver and and today, we actually, actually want to look, we're, not, we're not actually hosting services at our church in, in Thornton today. We're doing what we call church at home today. And so right now, right now, Gateway City Church is watching this service live from Thornton, Colorado. So Stevens Creek Church, could you do me a favor? And could you welcome the people of Gateway City Church to our service today? Come on! Yeah! Yeah! church at home in your PJs with your coffee. And that is what we are doing at Gateway City Church today. Uh, And we're going to be kicking off a brand new year next Sunday, January the 5th. So everybody at Gateway City, uh, start off the year with perfect attendance and be at church next week. We would love that. But, uh, but no, it's so good to be here today. Love being here. Uh, I love you guys. I've missed you guys. I think about you a lot. Uh, I talk about you a lot as well. Uh, in fact, I talk about you so much that uh, at the beginning of a couple of sermons already this year, I have welcomed the people of Gateway City Church to Stevens Creek Church. <laughs> you can ask our staff, you can ask the people of our church, and they will verify that that is, in fact, the truth. And uh, I've even, I've even, I've even um, invited people to stay after the service to attend the Stevens Creek Church Next Step class. And so uh, uh, the day that I did that, I text Pastor Marty after our service, and I told him that if membership numbers are up and if volunteer numbers are up, you are welcome because, uh, because I invited them to be there. And so all the way from Denver, you know, we're still trying to grow two churches. We're trying, trying to grow Gateway City, and we're trying to grow Stevens Creek Church. But uh, it's so good to be here, uh, Christmas and New Year's. I love New Year's. I love New Year's. New Year's, and I love it for all of the same reasons that everybody else loves it, for all the cliche reasons. You know, it's, a, it's the end of one season and the beginning of a new season, and it's the, it's the start of something new. It's a fresh start, and, and you've got this blank slate in front of you, and you can make it whatever you want to be. And uh, My dad told me a couple of days ago that he was looking forward to this New Year's more so than any other New Year's because this will be the first time in years he's been able to see 2020. And so, yeah, that's my dad. And, uh, but, uh, now, now a couple, now several years back, I was having a, I was having a physical done and I had to have an eye exam and the doctor, you know, is cover your left eye, cover your right eye, read this line on the chart. And so I did it and I got all the letters right. And, and he told me, he said, well, that's great, Mr. Riddle. You, you have 2015 vision. And I was offended because I said, no, sir. 
No, sir, I do not. I, I, I have 2020 vision. I have always had 2020 vision. I still have 2020 vision. And so we need to do this test again and you need to get it right. And, and he told me, the doctor told me, he said, first things first, like calm down. And then he told me, so what I'm trying to tell you is a 2015 vision means that you can see at 20 feet what most people can only see at 15 feet. He says, so what I'm trying to tell you is that your vision is actually a little bit better than perfect. And I said, can you please, can you please tell that to my wife? Can, can you please tell my wife that her husband is a little bit better than perfect? And uh, I'm going to need a note from the doctor to take home today. But, uh, but no, but love New Year's and... And, you know, and, and, and I, you know, and, 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 and any time we get into this season of life, any, really any, any, any season of life, we, we really approach this type of time asking really a lot of the same questions that we always ask. You know, we ask questions like, you know, what, what do I want? And, and what do I want to do? And, and what do I want to accomplish most? And what do I want this year to be? And, and I'm not much of a resolution guy. I don't really make a whole lot of resolutions and, and it's not because I don't need to be better at some things. It's not because I don't have work to do on me. And I don't make resolutions because the failure rate is just too high. Uh, did you know that the failure rate of resolutions is 92%? That means that, means that, 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 means that only 8% of the resolutions that people make are successful. And so the way that I see it is if I don't make a resolution, I won't fail. <laughs> I'm just playing the odds. It's all about the numbers. It's all about the numbers. But... You know, but, but just like everybody else, even though I don't make resolutions, anytime I'm going into a brand new season of life, I always ask those questions. And, and a few weeks ago, I was, I was spending some time in prayer and I was praying about the upcoming season of life and ministry. And I was asking those questions. What do I want and what do I want to do? And what do I want to accomplish most? And, and what do I want this year to be? And and in that moment, as I was praying, I really just felt like the Lord just impressed upon me a simple thought. And it was just, it was like resolutions do not fail and goals are not met simply because they're just unrealistic. The goals that we set for ourselves, they don't, they don't often fail because the people who set them just didn't try hard enough. And the resolutions that we, that we make, they don't fall short because we just simply didn't want to do them. And could it be perhaps the reason that our goals and our resolutions fall short is because questions like what do I want and what do I want to do and what do I want to accomplish most, perhaps our resolutions fall short because these are not the questions that we should be seeking answers to. Because whenever you ask the question of, of like what do I want, and what do I want to accomplish? And what do I want this year to be? Oftentimes, we answer those questions based on how we feel in a moment. You answer the question of what do I want based on how you feel right now rather than from a place of what do I need most? And those are two entirely different questions. They even oppose one another most of the time. What do I need, what do I want now versus what do I need most? I, like, what do I want right now? I want the new pair of Jordans that just dropped because I love me some shoes. But what do I need most? I need peace in my house and a wife who is not mad about the fact that I just dropped $200 on a pair of shoes. What do I need most? 
I need to be able to wear a size 32, 32 pair of pants, be in incredible shape and have a six pack. What do I want right now? A bowl of ice cream and a nap. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I, I, know, I know how it is. It's, it's the difference between what you want now and, and, what, you, and what, you need, what you need most. And you simply cannot enter into any new season of life, and in particular this one, into a brand new year, simply based off of the questions, what? What do I want? And what do I, what do I want to do? And what do I want to accomplish most? And the reason you can't is because, is because the answer to those questions are based on how we feel in a moment. And what I know about feelings is that feelings change. The reason so many of our resolutions fall short is because you make a resolution based on how you feel in a moment. And then four to six weeks later, you just feel differently. You feel differently. And here's what I've learned about feelings. Feelings are always real. They're just not always right. Feelings are always real, but they're, just, they're, they're not always right. And so what you need to know is that you, as you approach this new season of life, as you approach a brand new year, there is a better way to approach it than the way you've approached it in the past. And it doesn't have to be based on how you feel right here, right now, in this moment. The Apostle Paul, he writes in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, this is, this is what Paul writes. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and to prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What Paul is telling us is that the world has a pattern. The world has a way of doing things. The world has a way of... Of, of going about things. The world has a way of solving problems. The world has a way of handling situations. You know, we've all heard the sayings that, you know, it's just how it's done. We've all heard it said that, well, that's just how everybody does it. See, the world wants us to conform to its pattern, but can, and conformity can only happen whenever you apply pressure from the outside so that you take the shape of everything around you. But God is not about conformity. God is all about transformation. And the word transform is the same word as the word transfigure. And if you directly translate the word transfigure from the Greek language into the English language, it means the same thing as metamorphosis. And metamorphosis is a change that occurs from within. God does not want you to conform based on the pressure of everything around you. God wants to transform something on the inside of you. He wants to release the changing power of the Holy Spirit within you so that the questions that you ask as you go into a new season of life come from a deeper place than simply what you want. And whenever you allow the transforming power of God to come alive inside of you, you ask a question from a much deeper place. And it has nothing to do with what? has everything to do with who. If you want this year of your life to be different, if you want this upcoming season of your life to be different, if you want the resolution rate in your life to be greater than 8%, you cannot enter into this season of your life with questions of what do you want, what do you want to accomplish, what do you want this year to be. You have to begin with the question of who do I want to become? 
Who do I want to become? See, whenever you lead with this question, whenever you enter into a new season of life with this question, it changes everything. It absolutely changes everything. Because what do I want changes based on how I feel today versus how I may feel tomorrow. But the question of who I want to become, that comes from a place that's deep inside of me, rooted deep inside of me that isn't easily changed by my ever-shifting surface-level emotions. The question of who I want to become, that comes from a place of, that comes from my identity. That comes from my identity. And see, what you need to understand is that, and here's the deal, here's why identity matters so much. It's because, it's, because, it's because God cares more about who you are becoming than what you are doing. God cares far more about who you are, who you are becoming, than he does about what you're doing. When I was the student pastor here at Stevens Creek Church, I would have students ask me all the time, just especially like students that were graduating high school and they were going into college, they would ask me all the time, like, like where do you think I should go to college? You know, like, like, Will, what do you think I should do? And, and those are real questions. You need to ask those questions. You need to answer those questions. You need to approach them with a lot of wisdom. And, and I would try my best to advise them, give them practical advice and steer them in the right direction. But I would always remind students and I would always let them know that where you go to college and what you do doesn't matter nearly as much as who you choose to be whenever you get there. It's because, it's because God cares more about who you are than what you are, than what you're doing. Well, like, well, who does God want me to be? Like, what, what is, like who, who am I supposed to be? We read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, just a simple statement. It says that God wants you to be holy. That's who he wants you to be. No, notice, notice it doesn't say God wants you to be an accountant. It doesn't say God wants you to be a nurse. It doesn't say that God wants you to be a lawyer. It doesn't say God wants you to be a firefighter. It doesn't say that God wants you to be a stay-at-home mom. It's because God's will for your life is not tied to what you do. It's tied to who you are becoming. It's not God's will for my life that I, would, that I be a pastor. Because I could preach the greatest sermon you have ever heard. It's probably not going to be today. So don't get your hopes up. But, but I could preach the greatest sermon you've ever heard. And I could be this incredible charismatic leader that does a lot of things and accomplishes a lot. But, but if I'm an abusive husband and an abusive father, does it really matter what I do? It's because God's will for my life isn't tied to what I'm doing. It's tied to who I am. Should I date this person? Should I date that person? 2020 is going to be my year. Somebody going to put a ring on it. <laughs> Who should I date? What should I do? Well, here's what I would, like, you need to stop asking who you should date. You need to stop asking what you should do and you need to start focusing on who you should become so that you will become a person who is actually worth dating. That's what you, I will preach. <laughs> I will. I'm not happy at my job. 
I've had a lot of just negative experiences in my job and, and should I leave this job and, and go find a new job? And Well, before you leave your job and, and you become unemployed, you ask yourself this, have I been who I needed to be for the people around me and this company that has been paying me all these years? And if the answer is no, then you are the reason you've had negative work experience. You see, who God is calling you to be, who God desires you to be, is not tied to what you do, it's tied to who you are. And the reason so many of our resolutions fail, the reason so many of our goals, our goals fall short, is because we are trying to define who we are based on what we do, but that is not how God has designed it. God has the, God, God calls us to be holy. And I know that's a scary word. Because, because we, have, we, have, we have narrowed in on this word holy and we've defined it to be something like perfect. Well, God's wanting me to be perfect. God, God wants me to be blameless. God wants me to be without fault. And, but that's not at all what God's asking you to be. Like the, 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 the Greek word for holy is the word aye. And whenever you directly translate it into English, this is what it means. It doesn't mean perfect. It means set apart for purpose. Set apart for purpose. It means that if you follow Jesus, you shouldn't look like everyone else. If you follow Jesus, you shouldn't sound like everyone else. You shouldn't act like everyone else. You shouldn't want the same things that everyone else wants. And you certainly shouldn't get your values from the world. You need to get your values from the truth of the word of God. God says, I want you to be set apart for purpose. What God is trying to say is that if you would lean into who I have created you to be, I will help you understand what it is that I want you to do. You see, what you do is directly tied to who you are. God says, I want you to be holy. I want you to be set apart for purpose. You lean into who I'm calling you to be, and I will show you what you need to do. I've called you to be holy. Called you to be holy. We think that what we do matters. But God's desire for us is to be holy. God cares about who you are. God cares about your identity far more than what you do. Now, here's the thing about identity. Identity, identity determines everything. Identity is everything. Who you are will define, will define everything about your life. And all too often in our world, in our culture, we have allowed what we do and what we have experienced to, to define who we are. We've allowed what we do to define like our identity. You know, in this world, we, we, this, this is why like we, we, we define like what we do is like if, if I can just be strong enough. If I can just be good enough, if I can just be generous enough, if I can just attend church as my, if I can just attend church more, then by me doing these things, I will convince everybody that I am who I need to be. But here's the thing, in, in your good enough and in your generosity and in your church attendance, all of those things are based on how you feel in a moment. You ever woke up on a Sunday morning and not feel like going to church? And because of how you felt, you stayed home? You see, you, you chose to stay home based on how you feel 
And all this time you were thinking that what you were doing was defining who you are, and that's not the case. It's just not the case. Your identity determines what you do. And here's the thing. As long as you are trusting in your ability to be strong, as long as you are trusting in your ability to be good and to be generous and to attend church, here's what I... As long as you are trusting in you to find the right answer to what you should do, here's what I know about you because it's the truth about me. You will never truly know who you are and you will never truly know where you stand with God. You'll never truly know who you are or where you stand with God. And here's how I know that. It's because you can't find it anywhere. There's no religious literature, there's no systematic list that you can define, that you can find, that will define for you a list of things that you should do to convince people that you are who you want to be and to, and to get yourself into God's good graces. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's because who you are is not tied to what you do. You are not, you are not the product of a what. You are the product of a who. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 tells us that God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. You are not the product of a what? You are the product of a who. You were created by God. You were made by God. He formed you. He shaped you. He molded you. He breathed life into your lungs. He gave you a mind to think. He gave you a will to decide. He gave you emotions to feel. God created you. God made you. I've always told people that you, that no thing and no one has the authority to name you unless they made you. It's why whenever my wife and I had children, it's why we didn't let anybody else name them. You didn't make them, you don't name them. (laughs) Nobody has the authority to, to name you unless they have made you. And God shaped you and formed you and created you and breathed life into your lungs. In Acts chapter 17, Luke writes, For in him we live and move and have our being. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes, he says, But God's amazing grace has made me who I am. God cares more about who you are than what you're doing. And here's the thing. Understanding who you are is the key to unlocking what you should do. You want to understand what you should do? You first have to answer the question of who you are. And whenever you can understand who it is that you are, it will lead you into the things that you should do that will help you become who you are. you study the life of Jesus and the teaching of Jesus, you'll notice that Jesus never really focuses on on what you do. Jesus never really focuses much on on your career or your job. doesn't really focus much on your possessions. Jesus spends his time focusing on on character. Jesus focuses on on integrity. Jesus focuses on, on calling. 
In fact, if you ever hear Jesus talk to somebody or speak into their possessions or what they are doing, oftentimes he is calling them to leave it all behind to follow him. That's because who you follow will also determine who you are. Who you follow determines who you are and who you are will determine what you do. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is asking his, his followers a question. And in verse 15 of that chapter, Jesus, he, he simply, he, he, write, he, sa- he states, who do you say I am? And I love Jesus because Jesus is always asking his disciples questions like this. He's asked them this question a couple of different times in Scripture. And, and, and in one, one instance, he actually, he actually asked them a question and gives them the answer all in the same time. He says, who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? It's like, it's like an open book test. You know, and the disciples are like, I don't know. I, think we sh- I really think we should do a series one day on the dumb things the disciples say. Because I'm like, but, 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 but notice how even when they get it wrong, how patiently Jesus approaches them. Every season of your life, every new year that you've ever approached, you've done it in the same way every single year and you've gotten the same results but Jesus approaches you patiently. He says, who do you say that I am? So Simon Peter answers, says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus asked the question, who do you say that I am? And this is such a huge question because who Jesus is to you will define who you become. And Simon responds with like, you're you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And notice Jesus' response. He says, he says, up until this point, your name was Simon. But from this day forward, your name's going to be Peter. The name Peter means rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And my church is going to change the world. Notice that before Jesus gave Peter his marching orders, he first had to tell Peter who he was. Peter had built a relationship with Jesus through through time spent with him, through following him. And as Peter developed this relationship with Jesus, he began to understand the depth of who Jesus was, the depth of what Jesus had come to do. And out of that relationship and out of understanding who Jesus was, Jesus was in turn able to help Peter understand who he was. And it wasn't until Jesus helped Peter understand who he was that Peter could understand what he was called to do. You see, if you want to know what it is that you are called to do, if you want to know what you should accomplish in this upcoming year, you first have to answer the question of who you want to become. And if you want to answer the question of who you want to become, you first got to determine who you are going to follow. 
Because what Peter understood is what you and I need to realize is that relationship with Jesus reveals identity and identity reveals purpose. You allow who you are to be born out of who Jesus is and it will lead you into the life that you should live. But for many of us today, it's difficult to know what to do. It's difficult to know what we want because we haven't yet answered the question, who am I or who, who do I want to become? We've fallen into this trap of allowing, of allowing what we have done, allowing what we've experienced to define who we are. That's the lies of the enemy. The enemy would have you believe that, that, that you are the failed marriage that you went through. The enemy would have you believe that, that you are the credit card debt that you have amassed. The enemy would have you to believe that you are the addiction that you can't seem to kick. You are the depression that you can't overcome. And all the while, God is saying, no, that's not who you are. Your mistake didn't make you. I made you. In fact, I want to take that mistake and I want to turn it into a miracle in the life who is for somebody who is going through what you have already overcome. It's not who you are. Your mistake did not make you. Therefore, it cannot define you. I made you. I created you. And that is not who you are. I am the only one who has the authority and the right to speak into who you are. And I say today that you are loved. I say today that you are forgiven. I say today that your life has purpose. I've spoken promise over you. And if you would just allow me to define who it is that I'm calling you to be, you will recognize that who I'm calling you to be is set apart with purpose. You're not defined by what you've done. You've not defined by, by what it is that you want to do. You are defined by who you are. And who you are is who I say that you are. And I say that you are a masterpiece. I say that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I say that I created you to do good works in Christ Jesus that I have prepared in advance before you. Do you want this season to be different? Do you want this coming year to be the best year of your life? then do not enter into this new season by asking the questions. What do I want? By asking, what, what do I want to do? What do I want to accomplish? If you want this season of your life to be different, if you want it to be everything that you ever hoped it would be, you begin by asking the question. Who do I want to become? And then whenever you allow the answer of who to be defined by who it is that you follow, you will understand the same thing that Peter realized is that a relationship with Jesus will reveal who I am and who I am will lead me into what I should do. Church, hear me today. God is calling you to be holy. 
He's not asking you to be perfect. He's simply asking that you recognize that he's calling you to be set apart for purpose. Amen. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you so much today. And Father, I thank you for the fact that I am not defined by by what I have done, by the mistakes that I've made. I thank you that I am defined by who you are and who you say that I am. And today, Father, I speak, I speak purpose and I speak promise over every person in this room that they are a masterpiece, they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that they are set apart with purpose. And I pray, Father, that today, They would enter into this brand new season of life, not from a place of what I want, not from a place of what I want to accomplish, but from the place of who do I want to become. And I pray, Father, that they would allow you, they would allow you to speak life over them. And I pray that who they are is defined by who you are in their life. Today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in the room today, and you have been approaching this new season in the same way that you've always approached it. What do I want? What do I want to accomplish? What? And today you're realizing that that approach is, is, not the, is not the correct approach. And you want to approach it from a place of, of who do I want to become? But you can't truly know who you are because you haven't yet trusted in Jesus. You haven't yet determined who it is that you're going to follow. And today, if that's you and you want to make the decision to follow Jesus, if you want to cross the line of faith and you want to make the decision today, Jesus, I am not going to be trusting in all of me. Today, I'm going to make the decision to trust in all of who you are. If that's you today and you want to trust Jesus, you want to make the decision to follow him today so that your identity can be revealed, so that your purpose can be unlocked. I want to pray for you. Would you just let me do it just by raising your hand? You can slip it up and slip it right back down. I'll see you. I want to follow Jesus today. Yes. Yes. I want to follow Jesus today. Amen. Yes. Praise God. Yes. Amen. Amen. If you're making that decision today, I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in a prayer. You can pray it to yourself. You can pray it out loud. It doesn't really matter. Just simply pray, Heavenly Father, thank you for being my Heavenly Father. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for for sending your son to die for me. Today, I no longer trust in all of who I am. I place my trust in all of who you are. Save me from my sin. Help me to become who you want me to become and lead me into your purpose. In Jesus' name, everybody said, can we put our hands together for everybody who made a decision to follow Jesus today? Come on, church. It's the greatest decision of their life. Amen. Welcome them to the family. Amen. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.